0: (laughs) hey everyone today we are digging into our archives to play one of our very favorite episodes for you and it's got a little something extra at the end actually kind of a a big something extra first um, you're going to hear the original stories which aired back in april 2015 and then stick around to the end because the update is super duper fun all right enjoy I've got a confession to make For the first year of my daughter's life I wore one bra Okay, that's a lie I had three bras But I only had one day bra The other two were junky Cotton shapeless ones for sleeping in So I wouldn't leak all over the bed My poor day bra I'd wear it all day long And wash it when I remembered to After a year It was gray It was all stretched out if there's one quality you don't want in a bra, it's bagginess. I felt super gross wearing this thing. But nursing bras are expensive. And I figured, soon enough I'll be done breastfeeding and I'll go back to my regular bras. So why buy a new one? So when the day came and breastfeeding was over, I went to my underwear drawer. I dug around in the back for my old bras. I pulled them out, held them in front of me... And I was like, wait, whose tiny bras are these? The next day, I went to a department store, got fitted. Turned out I was two cup sizes larger than I used to be. I kept the tiny bras in the back of the drawer, thinking I'd go back eventually to my old size, my old self. It's four years later. I still haven't. This is the longest, shortest time. I'm Hillary Frank. Today on the show, we are talking about the ways that we change after becoming parents. Of course, there are countless ways that we change. But today, um, we're going to focus on some physical changes, stuff that we don't usually talk about because it can be embarrassing. Well, we're going to talk about those things, and we're going to talk about how the hell we're supposed to feel like ourselves when those changes don't change back. I actually got this idea because I hear so many of you talking about not feeling like yourselves. So um, I called up one woman who feels stuck, not knowing who she is anymore, just like a lot of you, and one woman who's figured out for herself how to get unstuck. Breen is a listener in Pittsburgh. She's got a daughter named Julia, who's almost two. Erin wrote to us because she wanted to talk about this really unusual change she's had since becoming a mom, something she totally didn't expect.
1: Yeah, my, my voice changed. It's actually a lot deeper than it used to be. And at first I thought I was just really tired and then it just never changed back.
0: Aaron asked her husband about it, and her voice sounded deeper to him, too. He was like, I don't know. I can't tell. I, I
1: definitely knew that it wasn't just in my mind because I went to D.C. with my husband, and my aunt lives near there. And um, most people in my family hadn't met Julia yet, so I called her to make plans to meet up with her, and I had been making these plans online with her, so I called her that day. And I was like, "Hi, Karen." And she was like, "Who is this?" And I said, "Aaron." And she said, "Aaron, who?" Like she had no (laughs) idea who I was by my voice. Um, And that happened a few more times. And then even this last Thanksgiving, my some of my aunts at Thanksgiving were like, "You know, your voice is different." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. (laughs) Like, I yeah, I don't sound like the same person anymore." (laughs) What
0: did you enjoy about your old voice?
1: Well, I really liked singing. I mean, I'm never, I don't want to like give anybody the impression that I was this great singer who (laughs) was like starring in musicals or something.
0: Maybe not. But before Erin had Julia, she was kind of the star of her own musical. She'd always be belting out songs in the car along with the radio. And she'd go to karaoke with her friends twice a month, sometimes more.
1: I really love singing Don't Stop Believing and, like, The Supremes. um, Like, I love to sing Let's Hear It for the Boy from Footloose whenever my husband was there, too, because it made him, like, really uncomfortable.
0: One of Aaron's favorite places to sing karaoke is a place in Pittsburgh called Dell's. It's an Italian restaurant with a U-shaped bar. They do a thing there where people sit at the bar and pass the mic around.
1: And there would always be this one guy who was really, I think he was in a band and he would just come and sing songs and he was great. And I sang one night, I sang um, Where Did Our Love Go? by The Supremes. And at the end, he told me I did a good job. And then I heard him say to somebody like, wow, she's really good. Like she has a great voice. And I just felt like, like I can still remember how good I felt then. I just felt like, wow, like this guy who's like really legitimately like, like he's like a musician and he thinks, he thinks I'm, I'm good at this.
0: All of Erin's friends know she's great at karaoke. At her wedding, when Don't Stop Believing came on, a bunch of them told her, you have to sing. The DJ handed over the mic and she sang into it over the music to all her guests. But then Erin became a mom. One day after she had Julia, she went to sing along with the radio like always. Something happened that had never happened before. Her voice cracked. She couldn't hit the high notes. And her throat got sore from trying. She tried singing Julia a lullaby and and couldn't even get through that. Music was suddenly no fun. So Erin stopped listening to music altogether. In the car, she turns on talk radio instead. She hasn't joined her friends on karaoke night since she was pregnant. It's been more than two years.
1: It's kind of heartbreaking to me. Uh, Like, I didn't have a career before I had Julia. Um, I went to college and I have a degree, but I never used it. Like, I don't have, like, this, like, goal that I'm working towards in my life. Like, and so I already kind of, like, figured that being a mom was going to be like my new goal, like being a really good mom. So it's just really hard for me that like the one thing that I felt like I could do well was kind of like taken away from me in this whole thing. And it, and I feel like silly saying these kind of things because it's not like I was singing in a band or anything I just it's just like something about me that everybody knows and it's just like could be something
0: that Julia will never know about me oh wow what what does that mean to you
1: I don't know like maybe she'll wonder one day like You know, like, was my mom ever really good at anything?
0: It sounds like this has really changed your identity. Yeah. The more I
1: think about it, the more it just bums me out.
0: Okay, so in the original version of this episode, we asked you guys for advice for Aaron in the comments of our website, and you left them, a lot of them, and they led to something pretty incredible. We will be back later with that. Coming up, I talked to a woman who used to feel just like Erin, but then she figured out ways to feel good, or or at least good enough, about how she's changed. And she shames me into feeling good enough, too. Stay with us. (laughs) We're back, and I'm joined by Jane Marie. Jane right now is the host of the new Tinder podcast from Gimlet, and Jane's been on our show before, too, in our first Parents' Guide to Doing It episode. Welcome back to The Longest Shortest Time. Thanks for having me back. Jane is my style-savvy friend. You've got friends like this, right? People you go to when you need style advice. Maybe you are that person. Jane is like this to me. I went to her when I needed to know where to find a dress that would look good on my mama body with all of its new lumps and bigger cup size. She's taught me how to put on eye makeup. She's taught me how to paint my nails in fancy ways that would normally cost big bucks at a nail salon. Most of the stuff she's taught me, she's taught me online. She's a beauty columnist, and if you just Google her name, Jane Marie, you'll find all kinds of videos and writing with advice on clothes and makeup. Jane is super sassy and opinionated about this stuff, which makes for a great read. But what I love is that she's on a mission to make all women feel good in their bodies, something that was a challenge for her, just like it is for most of us, when she became a mom two years ago.
2: Well, right before I gave birth, I got eyelash extensions. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I got a group on for eyelash extensions. And my picture is from the Labor and delivery are hilarious. I have like French <laughs> manicure and eyelash and extensions. <laughs> that does sound ridiculous. <laughs> it looks like I'm wearing a full face of makeup. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So, and I think the same goes for just like wearing motherhood, really, which is like if you want, like if it's bringing you down, and it doesn't bring a lot of people down, but if it's bringing you down, there are, you know, just try to do your regular routine as much as you can try to be yourself as much as you can for me that is putting on makeup in the morning most of the time but I didn't have anywhere to go and that's how I started feeling like so not like myself I was like where was I gonna go I don't have anywhere nobody's gonna see me you know and then it's four days later and I'm in the same clothes and I haven't put my face on and I'm like you're a slob and I was a slob (laughs) I was also a mom and very busy but um it just doesn't feel good. And it and I think it's, especially when you have a newborn too, like every task for yourself seems unimportant and kind of insurmountable. Yeah. But it's not. Makeup takes five, ten minutes. Your boobs might leak the whole time.
0: So, so... You know, parenthood can also take a, a really big physical toll on your body, especially mm-hmm. if you've been pregnant. There's like the classic stuff is the bigger feet, the, like the hair falling out. Y- my you know, feet, you might not my go, poor
2: feet. You <laughs> might
0: <laughs> not ever go back to your pre-pregnancy weight. Did, did,
2: did anything change for you that still hasn't gone back? My feet. Um, My stomach looks like... Uh, I don't know what it looks. It looks old. <laughs> <laughs> it looks old and bumpy. Um, my boobs are both larger and smaller is how it feels like they're, they take up more space on my chest, but there's nothing in them. <laughs> um, My, my, so here are my things. I've got, I've got the stretch marks.
0: I, I haven't gone back to my pre-pregnancy weight still. My, my, wedding ring. It didn't fit me why for 10 months. Why do you even months. think
2: of it that way? Sorry, I have to interrupt oh, you. yeah. Interrupt me. No, why? How old is Sasha now? Five. Why would you even talk about yourself like back to my pre-pregnancy weight? Do you know what I mean? Because because it's like you, I just am in this mindset where I'm
0: like, I can still lose those five pounds.
2: Five years later? Forget it. Who cares? <laughs> Buy new clothes. Yeah, they, I still have the clothes that are sitting there that are like just in case. Get rid of them. They're not even cool anymore. They're from five years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm I serious. should.
2: I should. I should. Yeah. Right? Yes. Oh my god. Stop. Five. First of all, five pounds is nothing.
0: Nothing. So, but so, how can I? Um, I think a lot of people are in the same place, right? So, like, how do you? how do you how do you feel like well that's okay i'm going to accept this and not keep being
2: like one day it'll happen um and just be like this is the new me yeah just do that just be like this is the new me and start having fun dressing your new body because that's i mean really it made a difference for me because i'm up like 10 pounds for me it was really like giving myself permission to to move on in my wardrobe and my look i got a haircut that is better for my new, whatever, my new me. Um, and I got, I went sort of going to like kind of hippie-ish stores, like more loose fitting things. Cause I realized that I used to wear a lot of tailored items and a lot of like waist cinching belts and things like that. And I just can't wear that stuff anymore. So um, I, I don't know. I just had to tell myself like, first of all, that sh- that shit's old. It's not cool. So (laughs) try to find out what's cool and then get like the loosest flowiest version of that. I don't know. I always, it just makes, it always makes me sad when people talk about like when people are years down the line, still thinking about their baby weight, you know, it's like not your baby weight. It's just what you weigh and it's fine. You can't make a, create a human being with your body and have like absolutely zero impact I hate. I mean, I kind of hate that, like, Hollywood has told us that, you know, like, look at her six weeks post-pregnancy. It's like, give me a break.
0: Right. They're congratulating all of the actors and models for losing
2: their baby weight so quickly. But they have to. That's their job. Literally their job. And they have a lot of help.
0: So, so bathing suit season is upon us.
2: Mm-hmm. What can people do to feel more confident? Self-tanner. Self-tanner. Yes. Really? Yeah. It disguises a lot. Um it does. And uh get a suit that works for your new body. Again, stop wearing that old suit or thinking about that old suit. No matter what. Like even if you even if you could technically fit into it. Like I just feel like no, you can have a new look now. This is like an opportunity to do something different, you know? Mhm. So for me, uh I always always wore itsy bitsy teeny weeny bikinis and even after I had the baby at first, I was trying to do that and I just, something didn't feel right. Like I, I couldn't figure it out, but I was like trying like high-waisted bottoms or um, it, it was like my boobs were always going to spill out the top of the bikini top and and they weren't even going to, it wasn't not like not in an exciting way because there's nothing in them. They're just like fl- floppy, empty things. Um, <laughs> So, you know, it wasn't like a Kate Upton spilling out kind of look. It was just like a messy... Um, thing so I went and got a one-piece like halter changed my life
0: yeah that's what that's what I do I have the I have the same thing I've gotten from Target for years it's like a it's like a one-piece ruched thing
2: yeah they're beautiful yeah it works it's fine you know and then um, the other thing that I try to do for myself is be a more open people watcher and instead of just looking at the people that look quote unquote perfect or like swimsuit models, just kind of look around you in the summertime and just see how many people out there are so hot, temperature wise I mean, and they have to wear a swimsuit because it's hot and they're at the beach and they're fine with it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my God, South Beach, Miami is the best place. Oh, it's like the best place to get a new attitude. Sure, you can like find, you know, perfect um, bodies on the beach or whatever. But there are so many women in South Beach who like work it with what they have. <laughs> you know, people in high heels and big hats and fun jewelry and all this stuff. and And you just think like, huh, she's owning it. Yeah, she looks great. She's having fun. I want to be like her. I'd much rather be like her than like starving. My daughter
0: thinks the stretch marks are beautiful. She says she wants them when she gets older.
2: That's perfect. <laughs> Tell her she might get them. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Never lose that attitude. So a few days after I talked to Jane,
0: I went through my clothes picked out all my maybe-one-day-I'll-fit-in-this-again uncool clothes from five years ago. I packed it in a garbage bag and I donated it. I've got to say, she was right. I feel better. Now I don't have a constant reminder every time I open my closet that I'm different and probably not going back. Okay, so, so now we're back in present time in 2016. Um, what you just heard was the very end of the original episode from 2015. In a minute... I follow up with Erin, the woman from the top of the show who lost her voice. Don't go away. (laughs) (laughs) We're back. Now, when we left off with Erin, she was feeling pretty bad. Remember, her, her throat was hurting and her voice, like her thing, was not the same. She felt like she wasn't the same. That was almost two years ago. And about a week ago... I gave Erin a call to catch up. Hello. Hey, Erin. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. It's been a while. Yeah. Erin says she's been feeling a lot better since that first interview.
1: Well, actually, it was because of the show, like the podcast. The comments on your website were just like so amazing for me. There were a lot of other people who uh, are moms who experienced a similar thing. And that was so encouraging to me, and just like, like the warm response was just...
0: it felt really great. Now, here at the longest, shortest time, we already knew that you guys were the best. But your support for Aaron was truly amazing. One of the comments Aaron found on the site was actually from a woman who worked at a special vocal therapy center in Pittsburgh, which is exactly where Aaron lives she was just like here's our number you should call and come in so she did
1: so this here is the back of your tongue
0: you're okay. hearing Aaron's exam with Dr. Like Libby Smith at the University of Pittsburgh's it voice is center something
1: called the epiglottis once we go past that it gets to i'm going to it was like 2 hours one. of like one room to the next and all different types of questions and they put like a a scope in my
0: I think it was in my nose.
1: All right, open up for me.
0: And they like <laughs> put one of those cameras down your nose. Yeah, and you can, it was, like, watch. Which was
1: very weird. Yeah, <laughs> to see my vocal
0: cords. <laughs>
1: it's very weird. Say ah. Uh,
0: uh. Doctor Smith tested Aaron's vocal range.
1: Great. Can you glide from a low E to a high E like this? E.
0: E. e-, 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 e-
1: okay,
0: let's try. Hear how now. she can't quite hit those high notes. E-
1: e- like a sigh. E- e- And they were really confirming, um, like, everything that,
0: like, like, yeah, your voice can definitely change. Did you go in there and say, I think that my voice has changed because I had a baby?
1: Yeah. And they seem surprised by that.
0: So Dr. Smith tells Aaron, you know, your voice definitely could have changed after becoming a mom. But it's not because you were pregnant.
1: They didn't think that that could have to do with have anything to do with what I was having going on.
0: Nope. Turns out this was not a pregnancy thing like Aaron had thought. This was an overuse thing, like strain and stress on her vocal cords from using her voice too much. Aaron's official diagnosis was primary muscle tension dysphonia. This is the kind of injury that sometimes happens to people who use their voices for a living, like singers, actors, TV personalities. The doctors told Aaron, we can help you. With vocal therapy. So she tried it. We did voice exercises.
1: It was funny. A lot of it was like reading in sing-songy voice, which I already was doing more with my daughter, like reading her stories. So I would kind of have to say sentences in like a sing-songy voice. Like, um, today I went to the store and I bought some groceries. And then, <laughs> yeah, like that, like, and I would have to read like these paragraphs like that. Um, and it really—it sounds ridiculous, but I could feel the difference. Like it felt better.
0: So you're you're like reading in sing-songy voice. Are there any other exercises that this coach has you do? Uh, making like vibrating sounds at
1: the end of words. Um, Susie has a song to sing. I don't. Know. And like you'd have to be like ing, like stuff like that. And I don't know why that was like a thing but i guess that does something to your vocal cords that like i don't know if it loosens them up or
0: what but so were you surprised to find the doctor telling you that the change in your voice wasn't related to your pregnancy
1: i was surprised that it wasn't hormonal for sure um i was really surprised that they were attributing it to like overuse but then once they said that I really thought about the first few months of my daughter's life and then it became less surprising cuz my daughter's first few months of her life were really hard for me and really stressful and I cried a lot and wasn't sleeping at all so if I guess if someone was having a similar experience and I mean who knows if I didn't have a kid and and then my voice changed I guess that could have been possible, but
0: I never even thought about it. Yeah, you know, we, we blame so many physical changes on pregnancy. But sometimes the timing of those changes is just a coincidence. You know, your, your body is aging. It can't handle stress as well as it used to. So some things are going to change, whether you've given birth or not. Erin has started singing to her daughter again, and she says it doesn't make her throat hurt anymore. And she's been out to karaoke bars with friends. And when she sees other people singing karaoke, she says she just has to do it. She can't help herself. But she can't sing her signature song anymore. Don't stop believing. She can't hit those high notes. So has your range gotten lower? Can you reach lower notes than you could before? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely can.
1: Like, instead of just, like, giving up on singing, I guess I now... um, trying out different things which is fun it's fun
0: what are you singing these days
1: um i really like to sing uh cindy lopper time after time that's like a favorite song that's nice and low well
0: um so you're sitting in a car right now where are you
1: um we're outside of the squirrel hill sports bar um which is kind of like a divey shady bar in
0: pittsburgh so so what are you gonna go do
1: I'm gonna go sing some karaoke.
0: <laughs> I am so excited. You know, I don't know if Abigail told you. This is um, this is our last show of the year. Oh, really? And so it's kind of our um, happy new year gift to our audience (laughs) is getting to hear you sing (laughs) That's kind of amazing and having this kind of uplifting note to end on No pressure (laughs) Yeah (laughs)
1: Exactly That's awesome
0: says that singing is just one of her things now. She's in a book club. She joined a citizens action group. She says she never would have done these things before having a kid. She's glad to be singing again, but it doesn't define her. You guys, this has been an amazing year for our show. You have helped us achieve so much. We have doubled our staff. We've put out more episodes in a year than ever before. We won an award. We helped Aaron to sing again. We will see you next year with a bunch more new episodes starting on January 11th. This podcast is produced by me, Hilary Frank, with Abigail Keel and Kristen Clark. We are edited by Peter Clowney. Our engineers are Pete Carum and Jared O'Connell. The Reverend John Delore is our technical director. Our theme music is by the Batteries Duo. We get editorial support from Anne-Marie Baldonado and Antonia Acatunde. Thanks to Margaret Krauss for recording all of our update tape with Aaron and to the UPMC Voice Center. This episode was originally produced in partnership with WMYC, where I had help from Joanna Solitaroff and Bill Moss. Please stay in touch with us over the holidays. You guys all know that here at The Longest Shortest Time, we get at least half of our stories from you, our listeners. So keep your ideas coming. We're especially looking for more unanswerable questions from kids. So tell us all the weird stuff that they're asking you these days. And tell us anything that's on your mind about your kids or your parents. Go to LongestShortestTime.com and submit your story.
1: Give it up for Aaron, everybody. Fantastic job,
2: Stand up.
1: You sing Earwolf? Yeah.
0: This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com.